As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Went to a Christmas show. Look at the crowd. I think I was the only. Man, people act like they've never seen a Christmas tree before. Christmas tree in attendance. Good morning, Sweet World, and welcome to the No Dunks Podcast on the Athletic Network. It's Monday, December 6th. I'm J.E. Skeets. And alongside me today, we got the international man of mystery, taking it to the max, Lee Ellis. Friends. Mmm. Caught you by surprise there, didn't I? We also got my <laughs> top shot hot boy, Trey Kirby. Hey, yo. Hey, yo. And of course, last, certainly not least, making the magic happen, super producer JD. Hello. There he is. Here we are. Yes, no Tassie today, but don't you worry. He will be back on tomorrow's show. Shout out to the stream team for joining us live here on YouTube. Make sure you guys subscribe and like and comment and share the show. Email in your NBA questions to nodunksattheathletic.com. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, at Inc. Lots of good stuff going on at the TikToks over at the No Dunks account. And to set up the week for everyone here on a Monday morning, we got No Dunks Daily, Monday through Friday, live at 10 a.m. Eastern, right here on YouTube. And we flip that into a podcast. On Tuesday, Trey... We got a brand new No Breaks F1 podcast coming at you. That race was so wild yesterday, and the driver's standings are so damn close that TK and Graydon, they they can't wait to talk about it. So this is like a surprise No Breaks tomorrow at 2 p.m. Eastern. Is that that the play here, Trey? 100% skeets. Unprecedented times in the Formula One world. For the first time ever, two drivers are tied going into the last race. So it literally comes down to Sunday, who wins the championship for Stappen and Hamilton tied up top. And as we saw yesterday, so much drama between these two. Oh, a brake check in Formula One? What is this? I-85? Oh! (laughs) Tune in tomorrow, 2 p.m. Eastern. It's going to be a supercharged edition, which means it'll be a little bit shorter because we got stuff to do tomorrow. Okay, I love it. So, uh, Trey Kirby, great and Gordian, talking about the race from this past weekend, looking ahead to the final race, like he said, on Sunday, 2 p.m. Eastern, live on YouTube, right here in the No Dunks YouTube feed, and of course, into our podcast feeds as well. On Wednesday, 
Just keep your eyes peeled for a new Top Shot Hot Boys, all right? TK and I have some packs we gotta rip. We got some moms we gotta give away. So we'll let you know as we get a little closer to Wednesday what time we're thinking about doing that stream. And then on Thursday, we'll have the penultimate episode of No Buffs, our Survivor podcast that has its own YouTube, Apple, and Spotify feeds. And we're also trying to figure out the uh, timing on that one. Is that right, JD? Because uh, you're, you're gonna be... Uh, the, you're going to be um, Mr. Mom here for the next couple of weeks because I know yeah. Rachel is headed home to Canada earlier than you. So we'll have to figure out the schedule with no buffs. Single dad mode over here. So uh, there's going to be a lot of juggling. <laughs> schedule is packed. You should see my schedule. My Google schedule is completely, Ooh. it's multicolored. It's, uh, it's, it's a mess, really. So, uh, yeah, I don't know what we're going to do. We'll figure it out. There will be a no buffs. Don't you worry oh, yeah. uh, with Jason Concepcion later this week. Okay. But it's Monday here, Lily. We got winners and losers of the NBA weekend. So lots to talk about. Trey, why don't you get us started here this morning with your winner of the weekend? I know we have a couple each, but who do you have first? Yeah, my winners of the weekend are two teams on very surprising win streaks. We've got the Grizzlies. They beat the Mavs on Saturday night. That was their fourth straight win. All of them without John Morant. That's impressive. But we've also got the Rockets. The Houston Rockets, who won on Friday and Sunday to push their win streak to a currently NBA best six games. The Houston Rockets. Let's start with them. According to Elias, they're the first team to win six straight games immediately after a losing streak of 15 or more. And honestly, I wish Tash... Tass was here because Eric Gordon came up clutch <laughs> on Friday. Longtime listeners will remember that Eric Gordon once led the league in fourth quarter scoring early in his career for the Los Angeles Clippers. It's one of those stats that just happened to come up so many times during the season. He only had four points in the fourth quarter of Houston's win on Friday night, but it was the most important four. He put the Rockets up with a jumper about 30 seconds left. The Magic came back, got a Mo Bamba dunk to tie it up. Then Eric Gordon hit the game-winning floater with a second left. That's a guy that people should be looking at as a potential trade candidate coming up to the trade deadline here in February. Garrison Matthews was also huge in this one. 16 points, two massive dunks off steals. He had 10 points in the fourth quarter, three threes, including a four-point play where he made the free throw. Hate to say it, he's got that Grayson Allen swag out there. Got a new <laughs> tattoo, got a new haircut. He's looking tough. On Sunday, the Rockets beat the Pelicans for their sixth straight win, and this one was all about Christian Wood. 23 points for Wood. He hit five threes. He's turned it around a little bit after a slow and kind of soft start. Playing a little bit better. Eric Gordon, another good game. 23 points, three threes. And my boy Garrison Matthews came up clutch again. 13 points, four threes. And I'm not joking. The announcers were calling him Gary Bird during this game. <laughs> what a line, Gary Bird. <laughs> Very funny. Uh, six straight wins, though, for the Rockets, and the key has been three-point shooting. They've made 15 or more threes in all six of these wins. They've only done that nine times all season. Seven and two in those games. Math, it gives you a chance. Mm. Rockets, huge winners for the weekend. As for the Grizzlies, not as much to say. They beat the Mavs on Sunday. No Doncic, no Porzingis. Yep. But no job for the Grizz did not matter. Grizzlies held the Mavs to 33% shooting from the floor. Desmond Bain went for a career-high 29 points. He hit four threes, and I think he hit the same layup. 
pump faking from the corner and driving into the middle of the lane. He must have made that at least four times as well. Career high, nine boards. He's been awesome with John Morant out of the lineup. And so have the Grizzlies. Four straight wins. They haven't trailed yet in these four wins. That's the amazing thing. According to Elias, I was calling him up all weekend. So. Oh, wow. <laughs> hey, uh, Elias, I got to Can you check that for me? Yeah, exactly. Uh, Memphis, the first team in 25 seasons of the statistic being tracked to lead at least four consecutive games without even being tied after 0-0. That's, That's wild crazy. Stuff. Yeah. yeah. They're up to 13-10, and 10, fourth in the West. They got a nice little homestand coming up. They play in Miami tonight. Then it's Dallas, the Lakers, the Rockets, and the 76ers. Rockets versus Grizzlies? <laughs> this could be the biggest game in the next two weeks. Let's hope these streaks stay up. Both of these teams straight up thriving right now. This is insane, Lee. I mean, I just realized when Trey was breaking that down, his two winners of the weekend being the Rockets and Grizzlies, we could have made this a what you got. Like, what's mm-hmm. the crazier win streak? The Grizzlies without John Morant and never trailing? Or the Rockets after losing 15 straight Winning six consecutive games, uh, and at least one of those wearing those weird uh, Houston Rockets mm. throwback pajamas. Uh, that was the Eric Gordon game winner. I believe they were rocking those. Yeah, which one? Which one would you pick? Uh, well, I have to go with the Rockets because yeah. their season was just in the tank. Remember, Stephen Silas was basically like, the, there was speculation that he might even get fired. And yeah. it was like, I'm so happy they're winning these games for exactly. him, if anyone. Yeah. 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 Um, now, again, there's a lot of teams, you know, in the schedule, you're like, okay, they should win this, they should win that. But the Rockets, to put strung together six straight, is incredibly unlikely. Christian Wood was even doing the Michael Jordan six like that, <laughs> six in a row. So uh, that's just how crazy things are uh, going. But yeah, for, for that crowd in Houston yesterday, there was nobody there as well. So, you know, I think I think the locals had basically given up on this team. So it's good to see them actually getting a win. But the Memphis Grizzlies, to do this without Jar Morant, what is actually even more shocking, they had the worst defense in the league when Jar was on that team. Right now, they have, in these last four games alone, the best defense rating by a mile in the right. league right now. It's right. 90 points, uh, according to uh, NBA uh, NBA.com here. So, you know, and they're not just doing it without Jar Morant. Kyle Anderson was also missing uh, uh, against the Mavericks there. So this is very, very unlikely to see. I thought the Grizzlies season might almost just fall in the tank when Jar went down. Instead, they've actually really solidified their defense. They're, they've improved by 25 points in, in the in the defensive rating category which is just incredible so yeah. great to see there uh, for the Grizzlies and you know yeah no Doncic no Porzingis still you've got to go out there and just compete and these are the sort of games a team like the Grizzlies need to win while Jar is out when he comes back you know he's their best player he's, he's so impactful now you know you can look at the defensive numbers and think what, what's the uh, problem there but Obviously, they need Jar back as quickly as possible. So this has been great for them. Uh, great for Taylor Jenkins as well, because I don't think he was on the hot seat, but they needed to improve drastically. And so they've shown some uh, remarkable improvement on those uh, on the defensive end there. And I think that's great. But uh, just crazy to see these two teams. You know, the hottest team in the league right now is the Houston Rockets. That is just <laughs> unbelievable. This sort of feels like stuff that happens in March, Trey. Yes. Right. In the dog days of the NBA season. You know, we're still we're still early here, early December uh, for uh, these weird teams that, like, were struggling or lose a star player, and uh, then they rip off these win streaks. It's just, uh, I'm all discombobulated. Yeah, exactly right, Skeets. Eventually, it feels like most teams hit a hot streak, and it usually comes when teams have sort of given up on the season. I see people in the stream team are mentioning the comp that the Rockets have played. They beat the Hornets, they beat the Thunder twice, they beat the Magic, the Pelicans... Yeah, the greatest okay. team, 
But still, they were the worst team. They had won yeah. or lost 15 straight, and now suddenly they can't lose. Jay Sean Tate also is like a horseshoe up his ass. This guy's making the craziest <laughs> like layups that I've ever seen. He's not even looking at the hoop when he's throwing it in. But they're going to keep it rolling here. They got uh, uh, The Rockets' next game is against the Nets on Wednesday. W for the Rockets. Yeah. <laughs> Make it seven. Throw, Make throw it seven. seven. Michael Jordan race. can never even do that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Throw right. it up, Wood. Once you shock the world. Uh, you brought up Porzingis there. Both of you guys not playing in that one game uh, against um, uh, against the Grizzlies, I guess it was. Uh, Lee, did you see my tweet this morning? I just wanted to know if you uh, hacked into the <laughs> NBA YouTube account and titled this video... That says Kristaps Porzingis in quotes, beautiful plays this season. What the fuck was going on here? Did yeah. you do this, Lee? I mean, this is how you talk. Yeah. Uh, and they like quoted you, I thought. You know, I didn't do it, but I think it just proves I'm an influencer, Skeety. That, oh. uh, you know, the beautiful players, beautiful players, beautiful shooters of the basketball. It's starting to become part of the vernacular of the NBA yeah. world. So uh, I'm going to take full credit okay. for that. I think uh, I think it's right. Unusual, though, for a guy who's been missing for a couple of games to get. A, uh, a video of beautiful <laughs> yeah. plays. Yeah, I would agree. <laughs> also, know, like, I mean, why do they call it huge plays in the thumbnail, but yeah, beautiful yeah. plays yeah. in the lineup? I, I, I mean, like, John Collins had a huge dunk again last night, and that's kind of what we've seen throughout, from him throughout the season. So there was a compilation of those. Yeah, makes, makes a bit sense. more sense. Uh, yeah. KP on a bit of a losing streak from the Mavs not playing. Unusual, but content. Yeah, content is key. There's a poor editor going, I just cut together all these beautiful plays. What are we doing with these? He's injured. Yeah, just post it. Just No one's going to really care. Uh, okay, Lee, keep us going, man. Who do you have for a winner of the weekend? Well, it's got to be DeMar DeRozan specifically, but the Chicago Bulls leave New York with a couple of wins. And I think Saturday night was their more impressive victory than it was against the New York Knicks because uh, they came back. And DeMar DeRozan again. Now, uh, we don't have a masterclass ad read, I don't think, today, but he should put it up. I think I've used that joke before, but I'm going to rework it a little bit here. Because, sure. Because that fourth quarter was just incredible from DeMar again. And I'm going to get into it a little bit more here, but not only was he making the big shots, he, he sized up Kevin Durant at one point, ran straight at him, hit it in his face, got to his spots, did that, led from the front. But also on the key game ceiling play, you saw how leadership really takes over. DeRozan could have easily taken that last shot, Instead, he drives inside. The gravity of what he's done in fourth quarters this season and on that night meant that the defense basically collapsed from the nets on him. And he passed it out to Lonzo Ball, who has not been shooting the ball well, particularly from three. And Lonzo Ball hit that three. Huge three, huge moment. One of those situations where DeRozan really, he's talked about trusting his teammates and, you know, like how we're all on the same page. But in that key moment, it's like, do you actually trust your teammate? And he did. And you saw Lonzo Ball. Like, he's a stoic guy. He doesn't smile a lot. He's not very emotive. My God, Lonzo Ball, was like he hit the championship winning shot there. He was so happy that he took it. He got that play. He got that moment and then knocked it down. I think that just shows to me you know, team building and chemistry and all those things and leadership from DeRozan who you would not have faulted him if he'd taken that last shot, but instead he makes right. the right play. Uh, and and I'm digging a little bit deeper as well because he's been a huge talking point of the fourth quarter this season. Well, the numbers here back it up. He leads the league in points per game in the fourth quarter and in total points, 178 points, 53% from the field, 45% from three, which is actually, for him, pretty good. He's only taken 11 threes. 
I mean, that's good for anyone, I should say. Yeah. But that's not his uh, strength there. 90% from the free throw line. That's his strength. <laughs> that's, that, that is absolutely his strength. But also then the plus 69 in total nice. in four nice. quarters. Very now, nice. yeah. there's other guys ahead of him, Bogdanovich, Steph Curry, in terms of the plus minus. But, but in terms of the actual game in, game out, uh, DeRozan is leading the league in that category. And uh, again, you saw it. I, I, I don't know. I'm, obviously, Trey saw the game there on Saturday night. But, you know, this was another tight, close game. And DeRozan was a different. Zach Levine had a really good game. In fact, he had a late step back as well. But you kind of forget about everything he did. I think he finished with 31 points because DeRozan in that fourth quarter was just unbelievable. He went at Kevin Durant as well. I talked about the little pull-up he had there. He drove inside, got the end one against him as well. And the Nets and Steve Nash were kind of like, uh, okay, any, who, who, what are we going to do here? How are we going to stop this guy? And uh, it doesn't matter when you've got a guy like DeRozan playing the way he has, uh, closing out games. Great stuff for Chicago. And I think, look, I think I think the Bucks are the best team in the East. And I think by virtue of the fact Kevin Durant is on the Nets, the Nets are the second best. But I think quite clearly now the Bulls are, uh, are the third best team, which they probably should be higher. But I just think those other two teams are uh, still mm-hmm. fractionally higher than them. But incredible weekend there for, uh, for Chicago. Yeah, to bring it back to YouTube for a second, I see Sam here in the stream team. DeMar DeRozan. KOT 4Q. He's yeah. the king of the fourth quarter. Shout out to Kenny Beecham. Uh, maybe uh, DeRozan will have to buy that off Kenny. Make some uh, make some coin there because he has been amazing. Uh, I, I think still even Zach Levine has been great in a lot of these games too. They do have they they have figured out a way to understand when to take over uh, it, down the stretch without like being a ball hog. You know, it's like they just have like this weird sense right now of like you've got a mismatch, you go to work, you know, or I'll go to work. Like it's a great balance right now, and uh, yeah. Top three, Lily is saying here, Trey. I know you're. I saw you smiling in the background. We were on Lee's uh, ISO <laughs> Music to there, my ears. But you were loving it's... it. Yeah, they look great. Look, obviously, I'm a homer. No doubt Correct. about that. I've been saying the Bulls are back since they weren't back. But <laughs> at this point, like, you hear it on every single podcast that I am, like, having to check myself. Like, how deluded am I to think that the Bulls are a top three team in the Eastern Conference? But Lee Ellis said it. Said it. Wait, hold up. Lee, I don't, Lee Ellis said it, so it must be true. My other, right. I had two questions coming into this. Number one, the Bulls are a top what team in the East? Because I agree, the Bucks are going to be better at the end yep. of the season. They're banged up right now. I do think the Nets are better, but the Bulls have beat them twice. Miami's banged up. Philly's been really up and down. So mm-hmm. at the very least, I think they're a top four team. Um, and I think yep. it's quite reasonable for them to expect to have home court advantage in the first round. My other question was going to be, how many duos in the league right now are better than Levine and DeRozan? I think they've been over 20 points per game, the most of any duo so far this season. They've got two options in the fourth quarter when it really comes down yep. to it. DeRozan, I feel like his getting to the line has kind of rubbed off on Levine a little bit here. Levine shot 13 free throws against the Nets. That was huge. So best duos, Steph and Draymond, the best duo in the league by far. Chris Paul and Devin Booker, if they're both healthy, I think they're you high. would probably yep. take them. LeBron and AD, playoffs only, <laughs> to be yeah. quite sure. honest, but yeah. uh, fair enough. Katie and Harden, two MVPs. Yeah. Giannis and another guy, you have your choice of two other stars there. And then Mitchell and Gobert, I think, are probably right there with Levine and DeRozan. But that's a top 10 duo. They've got a good defense, and they've figured out how to close right now. Bulls are looking good. It's early. 
But I got tickets over the weekend. I'll see you December 26th for a revenge game against the Indiana Pacers. Oh, Ooh, wow. Yeah, you'll be yeah. uh, you'll be home in the Chicago area, so That's you'll be right. going to the game? Okay, what are we talking? Uh, how much are Bulls tickets going for nowadays? You got the hookup. Somebody, uh, somebody better have hooked you up. No, I'm going with some bros. Going with a oh, big okay. collection of bros, eight bros. The bros are back, so we're sitting 300 level and just raging. 117 oh, nice. apiece. Oh, okay. Yeah. Hey, well, hey, jeez. Yeah. Hey, hey, that uh, isn't that um, that arena's like uh, it's like vertical. Like, it feels like you're on top of the action. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It feels I'm like you're fall over. over sure. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Don't don't spill over the uh, over the railing there. Okay, so the Bulls are back. Uh, you know, that's a great one. I thought the other question you were going to ask Trey, maybe it's a little premature, but like, Demar Rosen, he's going to be starting the All Star game, right? <laughs> and I mean, if you made All NBA teams right now, I. He might be the first team All NBA. Like, uh, I think that's fa- it's very early for All NBA, but All Star Lee, like, yes, I think um, so. Uh, yeah, no, he's definitely going to be in the All Star game. I just, oh, yeah, I'm not sure he's that sort of most popular guy to get the fan vote to start. I, I would say. I mean, he's obviously he plays in for Chicago, the Bulls, so though. Pro- Everybody's yeah. a Bulls fan. Yeah. yeah, I mean that that certainly gives him a bump, but um, you know, I just I feel he's one of those guys that uh, just maybe doesn't get quite that same adulation from the fans uh, because we know that that is more like Giannis right. So be- is he going to get more votes than Luca, even though he's having a right. better season than Luca? Right. Like Probably Curry's not. a lock, Curry's in. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. He's got all of Canada voting for him because they still love him. He's got the big market in Chicago, mm. and I mm. think there is a part of this where he does feel like the or the Bulls, I should say, are like everybody's second favorite team right now. Like a lot of people's second favorite team. It's yeah, like, I oh, mean, it's cool to see them. Make. DeRozan a forward or, or guard? Are we listing him out? I mean, oh wow, I always forget you know, about that. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's nice. a great point because nice. that forward. I was thinking guard. I love it. But, I love it. Yeah. yeah, I mean a front court, Giannis and, and Kevin Durant. And, well, he, I mean it's three front court, isn't it? You don't need a center, so he could slip no, in there. True. And in the back court, uh, I mean, who would you have? I mean, Harden probably gets in, I suppose. Curry and Levine, uh, Curry and Caruso. Take your choice. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Oh, okay, I'm talking. Sorry, I'm talking East All Stars. Um, yeah, yeah. We, we, we so yeah, it's uh, he's going to be in the game for sure, and he's going to be an All NBA player if he obviously mm. doesn't get injured. It's just like where he's going to fall. Is he going to be starting, or is he going to be first, second, or third team? Because he has been incredible, and it's fun to watch. Mm. As a, of, of course, as a longtime Raptors fan that that loved DeRozan for a long time, and of course, you know they make the move and get quiet, and it works out for really sort of everyone in the end right now. Um, I'm rooting for him. I'm cheering him on. Like, I would love to see him start the All-Star game or be first team and see the Bulls. Like, I'm, I still am convinced, Trey, we are getting Bulls versus Heat, Lowry versus DeRozan in some sort of playoff matchup. You know, is it is it first round, 4-5? Is it a second round? I think it's going to happen. It's an inevitable, if you ask me. Honestly, it makes me a little nervous because I remember how much Jimmy Butler used to kill DeMar DeRozan when the tables were turned, but not this year. The Bulls are back. <laughs> All right. So, Bulls, winner of the weekend. Love to see it. Uh, I'll keep us going here as we wrap up our winners, and then we'll take our first break and get to losers because we got a lot to talk about when it comes to losers of the weekend. Um, but winner of the weekend to the Jazz-Cavs game on a Sunday afternoon. Uh, only four games on yesterday. NBA's all afraid of the NFL. I get it. A lot of people like their football, but it was one of those rare sort of Sunday afternoon games, Lee, and I tweeted it out. I don't know if you saw me. I was like, I was watching it because that was the only game on at the time, and I was just kicking it at home, and I'm like, Cavs got back into this game in a hurry. It's tied at 97. There's a lot of time left, eight minutes to go, if you're into that sort of thing. I hope you were into that sort of thing because it was a really entertaining game. The Cavaliers play 
a lot of fun games. Now they lose this one, Jazz pull it out, but they are always there. They are a scrappy bunch. I know Tass would be talking for about <laughs> 10 minutes straight about those scrappy Cleveland Cavaliers and the way they play. And it makes sense because it was so much fun. I think there is a compilation on NBA's YouTube page if you want to go watch mm-hmm. like the final four minutes or so. I would encourage you to watch a little bit more than that if you can fire it up on your league pass or something like that. But just big play after big play. And it was so cool, like, these just giant dudes out there, Lee, blocking shots left and right. Obviously, Rudy Gobert was huge, instrumental in the Jazz win with rebounds, which we'll show you in a second, and blocks, and a big dunk, actually, to put them up late. And then you can say the same about the Cavs and, like, what Jared Allen was doing inside. And, and Mobley had a huge, like, help defense block. I think it was on Mitchell attacking inside. I can't remember. Was it was Mitchell or Conley. It's just a lot of like fun defense being played down the stretch here, and it was really good. I don't know if you caught that game on Sunday. I, I caught the last quarter of that game because it looked like the Jazz were just going to cruise along to a comfortable win, and it was Darius Garland as well. Hit some huge threes. Hit that one that basically came down with snow on it, and it was one you, I was pulling for the Cavs for sure. I was like, pull this one out. This would be a great victory for them because you know they've been good, and then they've sort of dropped off, and then they come back again. It's like, get a good quality comeback win against a good quality team, but they just fell short. In fact, on that last play, Garland kind of got a little bit lost on it and uh, and sort of slipped and that was it unfortunately because it did, it would have been a, a great victory for them but yeah the the um, interesting thing and someone tweeted as well Rudy Gobert had a play where if you're a defensive sicko watch how much ground he covers and how many people he sort of uh, affects by his movement because yeah. sometimes he gets caught on the perimeter he's a big tall gangly guy but he was all over the place there late saved the ball and I think it was Mitchell who came down and scored on the other end for them a huge huge play in this game that if the if the Cavaliers had scored uh, you know maybe that's one of those ones that in fact actually does tilt the game back into Cleveland's way but yeah this was a fun fun uh, last quarter afternoon game on a Sunday because the other games weren't all that great but, uh, yeah, for the Cavs, it, it's hard to not feel, have a, that good feeling about this team because they play hard. They've got some unusual guys. They're, they're getting at least one all-star. There's no question in my mind just who that player is, whether it's Jared Allen or Garland. I don't think they both get in. But, uh, yeah, really fun stuff and uh, felt bad in the end for Darius Garland. He played such a great game, 31 points, but just at the end couldn't quite uh, finish it off. Yeah, he missed a potential game winner with like three seconds to go, but it was like a 30-foot prayer. It actually almost dropped. It wasn't that mm. far off. Uh, but he had initially had drove inside, like you were saying, Lee, and he like he sort of slipped. He sort of yeah. stumbled. He also is, a, you know, he might be as light as I am, so you can sort of, he got bumped a little bit too, and I think that had an effect on him. They sort of reset, and then he had to put up the prayer on Conley, but it didn't drop. But Fun, fun game. I guess Jared Allen almost tipped it home, too, off the, yeah, off the miss uh, there from, yeah. from Garland. It, it is a fun, fun game. Before we go to TK, maybe I could have the honor here on, on a Monday, if you don't mind, Trey, because we talked about Rudy Gobert. 15 points. He had five blocks, some of them key down the stretch. And he also had 20 rebounds. So JD rolled that beautiful beef footage. Rudy Gobert had 20 rebounds. Good grief. That's a big beef. That's a lot of roast beef, which is rebounds. Oh my god, there was blocks in there, TK. 
What's, what's going on? Those were, we're missing some beefs. Yeah, you know, I like to include those for Rudy Gobert. I don't know if he leads the league in block shots where he then grabs the rebound. A beef Russell, if you will. Uh, but he's great at it. 20 rebounds. That's his fifth big beef of the season. He's leading the league in rebounding right now. And he's also shooting 73% from the field. Rudy Gobert is. That's hilarious. I mean, he's only taking dunks, but that's still like almost 10% from his career high. I would watch Rudy Gobert versus Jarrett Allen one-on-one at the All-Star game. Wow. <laughs> it would be weird to watch, idea. but it would be fun, I think, for, you know, up to five maybe. It might take a while, yeah. but yeah, I'd love to see him uh, spinning and winning down there. Wasn't his 20th rebound, the big beef rebound, the one that was an offensive board that he then, you know, took basically right back at Jared Allen and dunked it on his head with his left hand. I think that was his 20th rebound. I remember uh, watching it live, getting all excited, going, oh, yeah, we're going to see that Monday show. I mean, what a game. Yeah, 100% was. Unfortunately, my beef supplier cuts it off at the rebound. So, like, I saw Rudy going oh, <laughs> going to him, sorry to hear that. it on him. Yeah, so, you know, aged beef. Sorry, guys. Uh, that's okay. I, I just that, love the Easter eggs when we look at those beefs, like the the block rebound. It's like, oh, that they counted that as a rebound as well? Yeah, you know? I was actually thinking until you said it, and I was watching that yeah. clip, like, why are you showing us blocks? And then I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah, that is a block rebound. It yeah. is, right? Because so, it's a shot. It is a shot yeah. attempt from the player. So if you block it and grab the rebound, you get two stats for one. A special yeah. two stats for one special there. So, uh, okay, hold on. Well, here's a, Answer this question. You know, you, you, you rebound sicko. Um, if Lee attacked me and I'm playing defense and I block Lee's shot, but it goes to you, Trey, and you're on my team, do you get the rebound and I just get the block? Or is it not a rebound then in that? My guess is that you would get the block and I would get the rebound. Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah, right. But that's weird. Does, uh, okay, okay, some beef hypotheticals here. Let's yeah. imagine that we're all playing together. Skeets, you go up for a shot. I yep. block it. Lee is on your team. He gets the, the rebound off the block. Is right. that an offensive, offensive rebound? rebound? Mm-hmm. I don't know the answer to this. I'm not proud to say I don't know. Yeah, same. Yeah. Uh, we got to get Beef Borgia on here to really talk yeah. us through the ins and outs of all these different hypotheticals. Good comment here from uh, Vinny Rex. LOL, yeah. my wife on the phone just now referred to me as currently watching his Beef Morning Show. <laughs> Welcome to the Beef Morning Show. We're always talking about I actually had, like uh, a- on the way to drop the girls off at school this morning, Ada said to me, Dad... You don't say that's a lot of roast beef anymore. (laughs) I could not believe she called me out on that. I was like, actually, Ada, I say it a lot. You just have to go to school now. So I record my beefs after you're already there. But don't worry. There's players beefing every single night. (laughs) Have no fear. The beef morning show sounds like uh, a similar idea to when I was in Guatemala with my buddy Grisha. We came up with the hit podcast series or television show, Looking for Lava, where we just look at volcanoes. (laughs) The beef morning show. And looking for lava at 6.30 and 7 Eastern. (laughs) That's right. That's right. Uh, So, yeah, again, a great game between the Jazz and the Cavs. um, And... Awesome young core here that the Cavs have. Uh, I think we could all agree in Garland, in Evan Mobley, and then in Jared Allen. Uh, and look, and, and the Jazz trio of Gobert, Mitchell, and Conley. I mean, they are proving that they are just as good as they were last year as well. Um, it's a it's a different trio than what the Cavs have going because 
as much as we're talking about Rudy Gobert here, and rightfully so, especially when you watch the final f- couple of minutes and just the impact he had defensively, they just don't win this game without Donovan Mitchell. And I think this guy, I know I do it. He just gets overlooked. And I'm sure a part of it is the Jazz sort of flaming out in some of the postseasons, him being in Utah, you know, I get all that. But, like, Lee, like, this guy goes for 35. And in the fourth quarter, I mean... Good luck, Ricky Rubio, stopping Donovan Mitchell. Like you better help. You better hope the help defense was coming there because he would just blow by him. He just is like I just don't sometimes think. Again, this is me saying this that I know I'm guilty of it. I don't think we include him sometimes at a guy that's basically like a 24, 25 point per game score. <laughs> what feels like his entire career. Um, in the same vein as some of these other two guards. Mm. I don't know. I think I, the reasons I came up with are probably why, but I don't know if I, if you're guilty of it as, as well, Lee. Yeah, no, I, I, but I think as well it is that sort of Utah, the recent couple of seasons, he has been great in the regular season. He's had some great playoff moments as well, but they have kind of flamed out. So I think with Utah, we just kind of overlooked them. We know they're going to be a great regular season team, and they are, again, proving that. But we just want to see them not, flame out. I mean, the last two seasons, they've had a 3-1 lead and lost, and they've had a 2-0 lead, while the other team's also lost its best player, and then also flamed out. So, that just sort of becomes a bit of the narrative. I mean, he's a great player. He's going to be an all-star, likely even an all-NBA player himself. Uh, But there's also, I guess, when you look at Utah, him and Rudy, you know, two players very, very different, very impactful, but both kind of get a little bit overlooked in uh, their contributions during the regular season. So that's just the way it is. I mean, he's an exciting player. He had another one of his nice dunks down the lane there. Um, You know, he can hit some big shots, but it's, it's almost a bit like we've seen all this before. We need to see some real, you know, not flaming out in the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, that's definitely what it is. Um, People in the stream team saying he can be considered inefficient, which is fair. He goes through funks. But that's like, there's a lot of guys like that. I mean, yeah. look at Lillard right now. Even Lillard when he's killing it and dropping 50 per game at times over a stretch. He'll have those funks too where shoots a bunch of threes, doesn't make a lot of them. I mean, I don't know. It's just he, he gets lost a little bit. But yeah, I think it's the uh, unfortunately coming up short in the playoffs. Once he goes to a, a conference finals or a finals tray, then then he's suddenly like catapulted right up there back with the Bookers and back with the, you know, I guess at this point, like your Levines and DeRozans and stuff like that. Wow, you're putting Levine guards. over Mitchell and no. he hasn't even been well, to the playoffs. That's, I know, that's, that's a crazy thing to say. But we though. talk you're about him way right. more than Mitchell. Yeah, this year. Yeah, I think it's just because you're, Mitchell is almost a given with the Utah Jazz at this point. You're like, he's going to get you 25 points per game. The percentages are going to be good, but maybe not great. He can certainly raise his game in the playoffs, which we've seen having a, yep. a couple of 50-point games. But there just seems to be a steadiness to the Jazz and a sameness to the Jazz that it kind of just washes over you a little bit, no yep. doubt. And the things that stick out are the things that stick out, right? Like Gobert getting toasted after a pump fake from the corner sticks out a lot more than, you know, another Donovan Mitchell crazy layup in the lane. Yeah. Final winner of the weekend here. Just a little love to the San Antonio Spurs. They only played one game. But it was a big one lately. They withstood a Warriors rally uh, for the 112-107 victory in the Bay. Fourth consecutive win for San Antonio. They have beat the Celtics and Wizards at home and then snapped double-digit home win streaks for the Blazers because they won in Portland. And then now uh, in Golden State, they're beating the Dub. So, you know, they were wearing their Flint Tropics jerseys yeah. there on Saturday and they, and they got the victory. The Warriors came back a couple times, but they pulled it out in the end. You know, Derek White had a really good game. DeJounte Murray continues to impress. Um, Kelton Johnson helped out. So good win. And I, I saw a couple Spurs blogs wondering, you know, 
maybe we are going to get Popovich passing hmm. Lenny Wilkins and then Don Nelson's regular season win record by the end of this season. Because after that slow start, it was like, oh, are they going to win enough games? And it's not a given yet. Spurs have won eight this year. Pop's at 1,318 regular season wins. Wilkins is at 1,332. Yeah. And then Nelson is at 1,335. So, uh, you know, after they bounce back here with this little win streak, it's definitely in play again with San Antonio. Yeah, and that was pretty much a bonus win against the Warriors. I think the Warriors had their huge emotional victory on Friday night against the Suns, ending the Suns streak, that it was a bit of a trap game and because uh, they were down big in that. Yeah. And it took, uh, took the Warriors a, a lot to get back into. I think they got back within a point or two there in the fourth quarter, but the Spurs hung on. So I, I honestly hope Pop does it because if he gets within like two wins, does he, does he just say, all right, I'm coming back next season for five games to try to do it? Or he just says, all right, I had a chance and I didn't do it this season. But uh, there's enough beatable teams that they should get. So what does he need? Is it... Uh, well, what? Uh, uh, if I have 17? Yeah. yeah, right. Lock it in. Yeah. He's got I have eight. Him, I have That's him, well, I have him 14 behind, yeah, Wilkins. Yeah, yeah. to time. So 15 right, then, yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah. He, should, he should be able to squeak out 15 wins then for this season. So hopefully. Interesting. Well, uh, he needs more than 15 to pass uh, Don Nelson. I was talking oh, about. Oh, sorry. Okay. Lenny Wilkins is right behind Don Nelson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, you know, weird things happen in the coaching game as well. Like the other night when uh, Nate McMillan didn't coach, but the Hawks won. Nate McMillan got credited, I think, with his 600th career victory in a game. 700th, wasn't oh, it? 700, was it? Yeah. yeah. So when Chris Gent uh, took over. So that's the thing with Pop is he actually will get credit for any win uh, that the Spurs have this season. So, uh, you know, if he misses a game or two and they get a win, they still count. That would mm. be hilarious if he uh, if he broke the record in a game that he had to miss for some reason. <laughs> hilarious. hilarious. <laughs> we will never stop talking. Okay, so that's who we have for winners of the NBA weekend. Let's hear from you guys. I know you're dropping some suggestions in the stream team. Let us know in the YouTube comments. Tweet at us at no Dunk Sync. We're going to take our first break, and when we come back, we'll get to the losers. JD, what do you got, man? This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shea Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Don 
Dominic Toretto I Live My Life a Quarter Mile at a Time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina Wine Mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Okay, I'll get it started here with losers of the NBA weekend because it's a doozy. Uh, the Portland Trailblazers are a loser of the weekend. Boston destroyed Portland in a game this weekend, 145 to 117. And the Blazers couldn't, and if we're being honest, haven't all season long figured out a single way to just impact the game defensively that matters. Because the Celtics shot 21 for 37 from three. That's 57%. The Celtics also scored 50 points in the paint. That's a decent amount. And, oh, we're not done. They had 29 free throw attempts, too. So they just, the Blazers just got hammered every single way imaginable by the Boston Celtics. You know, from the outside, on the inside, and then fouling enough to put them to the line. 145 points, a record for an opponent. In the 26-year history of the Moda Center there. And it was enough, Lily, to push Portland to 30th in the NBA. Dead last now in defensive rating. I remember the days when the Portland Trailblazers <laughs> were 23rd, 24th ranked defensively. I remember people in the stream team saying, oh, they're improved from last year. They're a better defensive team. Are they? No, they weren't. Uh, because they're smack dab last again. We also add on to this, of course, Trey on Friday's Drop Podcast. You were telling us, well, they got to fire Neil O'Shea. <laughs> That's step one to figuring out what the hell to do. Mere hours after you said that, the news broke. Yep, Neil O'Shea, he's out of here. You know, GM of the Blazers, uh, basketball president, uh, pre- president of basketball operations, he's out of there. So he is now gone. So now we wonder, wow, the blow up, TK, does it happen? And there's really two ways to go with this. Is it going to be Damian Lillard going to them saying, okay, I'm done here, try and move me? Or is it keeping him still, of course, happy, keeping him in a Blazers uniform and trying to trade basically everybody else? <laughs> be it Nurk, be it Covington, or the the hot name that we talked about on Friday's Drop Podcast, CJ McCollum. So... I mean, just when we thought it was bad, it gets even worse for the Blazers here. Um, what What's the move, Trey, if you are the new GM of this squad, the interim GM? Well, you got to subscribe to theathletic.com slash no dunks because there are a lot of great pieces about the end of the Portland Trailblazers and the end of Neil Olshay's time here. So many, in fact, that I'm flipping through the various different ones and trying to remember which one that guarantees a rebuild is coming because they absolutely need it. Uh, It seems unlikely to me that the first move that the new interim GM would make would be to trade the franchise cornerstone, the face of the franchise and Damian Lillard. My guess is that you would try everything else before you try that. But obviously, as we learned in the profile from uh, Sham Sharania and Sam Amick today, Lillard ain't happy. And you can tell that... I don't know if that's the reason that he's sitting out with this abdomen injury that he's had for years and hasn't sat out with before except for a game here and there, but the team is clearly broken. There was no defensive intensity against the Celtics, and as we saw today, Lillard has apparently said that he would like to play with Ben Simmons. So to me, that is the trade that has made sense since the season ended last year. CJ McCollum (laughs) for Ben Simmons. Like, 
Lillard, sure, the Sixers would love to get Damian Lillard, but so would the Blazers. They would love to keep Damian Lillard. And I think you're going to try Lillard and Simmons more so before uh, trading Lillard away. So I don't know. I think McCollum is going to be traded. I wouldn't be surprised if Nurkic is traded as well. You just got to try something different because what's going on in Portland right now is not happening. Chauncey Billups is calling him out after every single game, which is not a great look in the first 25 games to be calling out the team five or six different times. They're not going to listen. It already looks like they're not listening. Basically, he said, our starters are shitty. Our bench plays hard. And I've never seen that before. So yeah, a lot of changes are coming in Portland. And my guess is that we'll hear about a CJ McCollum trade. Uh, in what, maybe nine days once you can get all these different <laughs> players into, into, into deals. Yeah, Lee, what do you think? If you're, uh, if you're the Blazers, and again, a part of it has to do with what really Lillard is telling them. Because it's like, I look at it like this, this whole rebuild thing. They have to do something because this team is garbage. And, you know, they can't stop anybody. So changes have to be made. But is it, is it like you, you've, you've found the house... And do you like just tear it all down? You just bulldoze it and we're going to rebuild again there on the property. We like where it's located. And that would be, I think, moving off of Damian Lillard when you're just knocking down the whole damn thing. Or is it, yeah, strip it down to its bare bones, but it's got good bones, you know, good foundation. Walls are okay, but we're going to redo this whole thing. And that would be keeping Lillard and getting rid of really everybody else. Like your main guys, like at least CJ Nurk and probably Covington, if you can. Like which one, which which route are you going? Well, uh, they've got very tradable assets. So they can get plenty in return. They can get good players. They can get draft picks if they want. Because, you know, if Lillard becomes available, you know the price will be pretty high. Teams will try to get him. CJ has been a model professional throughout his career. You know, reliable, consistent scorer. But I also feel his time is probably done there in Portland. And I think, again, a guy who can go out and get you 20 points as easily as, as McCollum can... Teams will want that. Teams want that scorer there out there. So they get him. And Nurkic hasn't had his best season. He's a big guy, but he can certainly fill a hole. And if you're even a team like the Charlotte Hornets, just theoretically speaking, could use a presence like him there because they're very, very thin in the middle. So I think they can get plenty in return if they decide this season's done and we need to move on. Uh, so that would be the first step. Is But I, I, I agree with what Trey's saying. You don't trade Lillard first. I think you see what else you can get there first. And then when it gets to that point, a bit like it was with Harden there in Houston, once they sort of moved away from Westbrook, it was like, okay, we may as well trade you now because because you're, you need to be in win now and we're not in that mode. So uh, I think that's probably what is going to happen first. You, you, you see what Nurkic can get you. You see what McCollum can get you. Mm-hmm. And then you say to Dame, okay, do you want to still be a part of this? You know, do do you still want to uh, you know show your loyalty to the franchise? Because we don't mind if you now decide to move on. It's an ugly situation though there because this game on Saturday night was more than just a defeat. This was humiliation, utter humiliation in that fourth quarter. Peyton Pritchard hit hit. I think he hit three or four in that fourth yeah. quarter when the game was well and truly over. And then on the last possession. He got another three chances because they were just getting the ball back. The bench was going so crazy on the side that Ime Udoka actually apologized to Chauncey Billups and said, okay, I'm sorry, that was a little bit too much. <laughs> and, you know, again, we, you know, we talk about the unwritten rules and stuff like that. And, and this was just Portland being so humiliated as well. Damian Lillard got up and walked up the sidelines as if to say, all right, Someone foul, someone do something, stop this because this is just beyond embarrassment. So you know at that point that this team needs to change. Something needs to happen. And Chauncey Billups, I'm actually on his side in this sense where he's like, you know, if you're not motivated to go out there and stop that humiliation, there's not much a coach can do. The coach doesn't need to call a timeout and say, guys, 
they're embarrassing you out there. The players need to have that pride. Kevin Calabro and Lamar Hurd also talked about that on the broadcast. Like, you've got some personal pride here. Like, you know, I'm not saying you go out and belt Peyton Pritchard, but don't let him... Don't let that team just humiliate you like that on your own floor when things are going badly. So uh, this is a this is a, obviously a, a lost season, I think, for Portland. I don't think they can really turn it around. Maybe they can hang on, of course, to the play-in. But uh, as far as their long-term future, they need to they need to start fresh, I think. And uh, you know, speaking of bones, his name was even rumored as a potential candidate to come on as the GM there for I did uh, see that. for yeah. uh, Portland. Brent so, Barry, uh, Brent Barry, our friend, and yeah, uh, uh, yeah. So. Yeah, Saturday night, I think, was the final, like, okay, this is beyond embarrassment, guys. We need to uh, make some changes here. Yeah, Heidi pointing out, I've seen this uh, mentioned a couple of times here in the stream team, now that Neil O'Shea is gone, it's much more likely that CJ McCollum is traded. Drafting CJ was his crowning achievement. There had been a lot of talk about he didn't want to move off him because, hey, that was the guy that he sort of... He found that was the you know the uh, needle in the haystack that he found in the draft, and he's like uh, it was going to be tough for him to ever move on. So we'll see if yeah, either the interim uh, what's this guy's name Joe Cronin is Joe that Cronin? Cronin? I think that's right. yeah yes interim GM right now or whoever eventually comes in takes over that squad. Um, yeah, if they'll move off CJ, I'm with you guys. I think it's going to be let's try and move a McCollum. I mean, if look, the Blazers should go get Ben Simmons now. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think three first-round picks and three uh, swaps on picks. I don't think they should go that far. I think it's going to take picks, of course, uh, included with CJ McCollum, to get the Blazers to eventually. Or excuse me, to get the the Sixers to eventually do it. But that I would love to see try that backcourt, Lillard and Simmons. And the first step, you said it, Trey, or you were tweeting about it, is rumors, at least reports, that Lillard is intrigued by that. Hey, I would like to play alongside him. Let's do that. <laughs> so so maybe it happens in 10 days or up until the trade. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't know. Like, this trade has been rumored since the Olympics. Surely yeah. Ben or Damian Lillard back then was like, I would love to play with Ben Simmons. Uh, mm-hmm. It's a, like it's a new look for the team. It brings you a little defense. Maybe you play a little faster. Maybe Ben Simmons gets... Damian Lillard, easier looks. Like, McCollum is a good score. He can give you 20 a game. Like, the people in the stream team were saying, 20 a game for five straight seasons. But that's it. That's literally all you're ever getting from McCollum. Maybe he'll give you two assists. He's not making things easier for Lillard, I don't think. So, I don't know. I would at least like to see uh, a perimeter trio of Lillard, Powell, and Simmons. It seems like they would be a better defensive team and a little bit tougher team as well. All right, so the Blazers get uh, an obvious loser of the NBA weekend, and I think we're going to be talking about the Portland Trailblazers a whole lot more here over the next couple of weeks as we uh, wrap up 2021 and then get closer to the trade deadline. Lee, let's go to you next, though. Who do you have? Who's on your list for losing? Well, the NBA my team oh. is thankful that the Portland Trailblazers had such a disaster because it kind of swept under the rug a little bit the uh, bad weekend for the New York Knicks. Only one game, but that too was actually a, a complete disaster, a home loss, another pounding by the Knicks in uh, uh, against the Knicks in Madison Square Garden. This time came against the Denver Nuggets. Uh, this one was they were down by 30 points at one point in this game, and honestly, it was probably even worse than that. The defense of the Knicks non-existent. Denver shot 20 for 43 from three-point range, and this really is unlocking a disturbing pattern that's starting to unfold here for the Knicks, and they are getting torched by big men on the perimeter. Jokic on Saturday had 32 points, only three threes, but most of those wide open. Zeke Naji, who? Yes, Zeke Naji, five threes, career-high 21 points. And if you look back at that game, Mike Breen saying on the broadcast early on, Naji, wide open again. And this is in the first half. 
with the Knicks just not defending the perimeter at all. And remember against the Bulls on Thursday night, Vooch had five threes in his 27 points. A lot of those kind of just pick and pop Mitchell Robinson. Now, the defensive assignment from Thibs is, I guess, to pack the paint. But if you're giving guys wide open looks, they're hitting them right now. Miles Turner a few weeks ago hit seven against the uh, against the New York Knicks. So we know that Tibbs really does hang his hat on the defensive end. Last season, the Knicks had the fourth best defense. Right now, it is 23rd. And you just have to wonder what the next move is here from him because, you know, he's, he's benched Kemba Walker and nothing has changed. That starting lineup is still a problem here for the Knicks. They're getting off to bad starts. So what move is he going to make here? But... Then there are these other problems. Knicks at home are just... I think there's way too much pressure on that team. They look so tight. I've mentioned this earlier in the season as well. Mm -hmm. It feels like if they don't score on two or three possessions in the first half or first quarter, it feels like they're just digging themselves a huge hole. And that was the case on Saturday against the Nuggets. This was a So what do you want, Madison Square Garden? Knicks fans just not to show up. Just don't come to the game. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. But, you know, again, the expectations and the hype from that early, they were 5-1 uh, and one at one point, the Knicks, and it was like, wow, okay, maybe this is a second season surge here. But right now they've uh, they've collapsed. I think they've gone 6-11 and 11 since then and fallen in a hole. And again, after the game, you got you got to play defense. Our, our starters got to get the things together. It's 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 like Chauncey Billups is saying the same thing about his Blazers. Tibbs is saying the same thing about his own team right now. They weren't really even close in this, and uh, there's some problems there for the Mitchell Robinson. I thought he was going to have a big impact on this team because they need his presence at both ends of the floor. His conditioning to me is the biggest problem right now. So that might be just a time thing. You just got to work your way back in. He had a, a foot problem, of course, coming into the season, but. Uh, he's getting dragged a lot on those. Again, guys sort of penetrating. He's going with that guy and just leaving someone on the perimeter and they're getting wide open looks. So that uh, is a bit of a concern here for the Knicks. Yeah, Knicks 11 and 12, TK, after, like Lily said, that that hot start. We were all convinced, wow, this is a carryover from last year. And they're struggling right now. And I'm convinced like a guy like Tibbs... <laughs> He would be, he'd almost be happier if they were like four and 16, but they had a top five defense uh, than, than being, you know, basically a 500 team with a, a defense in the lower third of the league. I, I'm sure that keeps them up at night. Oh, absolutely. The Knicks traded defense for offense in the offseason, thinking if we just take a little bit of a step forward, we won't take that much of a step back. But unfortunately, they've taken a huge step back and they're playing from behind every single game, it feels like, with their starters just not being able to get stops. So the offense isn't good enough to make up for the starters' slow starts. It's very tough to see how the Knicks improve. I think Julius Randle can be a little bit better. He doesn't seem completely engaged defensively. He was awesome last year. I don't think they're taking away driving lanes. And like you're saying, Lee, Jokic was just incredible last night. He was hitting the threes, but he was also eight of nine inside. Like, Mitchell Robinson's big. Nerlens Noel is big, but they ain't Jokic. He's just a special player. So I give him a little bit of a pass there. But the Zeke Najee, that one's a problem. Five threes from a guy just out of nowhere. You're going to lose a bunch of games, and I no longer think that Kevin Durant regrets not coming to the Knicks. I'll say it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, possibly not. Um, I don't know if you have the team stats in front of you, Lili, but I remember a storyline last year with the Knicks and their like top five defense was, well, yeah, they're good, but teams, for whatever reason, can't hit open threes against them. Remember there was that whole narrative? Like, they just had, like, for whatever reason, teams just, like, were struggling at three-point shooting. And, you know, the, the number guys were like, that's going to come back to, 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 uh, to more normal numbers where teams are going to hit them at a more normal percentage from, from distance. It's not really anything the Knicks are doing because these guys are wide open. 
Do you have has that you know ticked back up? You I mean you brought up the Nuggets game as a great example? Where where are we at? You got it? Well, they're sort of mid mid table as far as okay. uh, three point percentage, about thirty five percent. But you know th- those percentages can sometimes be very very uh, slim. As far as three pointers made. Yeah, they're 25th in the league at 13.5 being made per game. But then again, OKC at 14.3 is the okay. worst okay. in the league. So it's it's not it's not huge. But again, I think um, numbers get skewed when this game was, again, largely over in the first half. I, I think Jokic didn't even play the fourth quarter. But any NBA player, if you just continue to give them open looks, and, and I was watching back here this morning at their three-pointers made, and it was like, wow. They, they, you know, there was no adjustment at any point. And I think that's the concern here that Tibbs is not like, okay, we've seen a little bit of this in the first half. So let's now switch it up a little bit. And Trey mentions like, like Nikola Jokic in, in the paint, he can score against anyone anyway, but you still just can't give up uncontested threes. That's the real problem here because a guy like Zeke Naji comes in and he, and he burned them and they can't afford to lose that. And again, this is the Nuggets team. Remember, they're very shorthanded, missing their second and third best player and really had a very, very comfortable wire-to-wire win. All right, TK, who do you have for a loser of the weekend? Ugly weekend for the Hawks. They lost on Friday to the 76ers in dramatic fashion. Up five with 3.38 left. Hawks didn't score the rest of the game. Ended up with nine points in the fourth quarter. Meanwhile, in the last 3.38, Seth Curry hit a three. Joel Embiid hit a couple of really clutch jumpers for the winner. For the winner, major, major perimeter problems for the Hawks in this one. Seth Curry and Tyrese Maxey combined for 29 points and on 11 of 24 shooting. Nice. Kevin Herter and Timothy Luwaru Cabarro went for 12 points on four of 11 shooting. But that's really just Kevin Herter's stats. Because it was a goose egg for TLC. Not great. But the Sixers, probably better than the Hawks, all things considered. So that's fine. The worst loss, though, yesterday, Sunday, against the Hornets. No LaMelo Ball. No Terry Rozier. No Mason Plumlee due to COVID protocols. Zero defense from the Atlanta Hawks in this one. They gave up 130 to the Hornets. Six players in double digits for Charlotte. Miles Bridges had 32. Kelly Oubre had 28. I will say the Hornets are... Maybe the best team in the league at getting you to play their style. Like, nobody wants to play defense against the Hornets because they're just running around like crazy. But this was bad stuff uh, from the Hawks. It was like one pump fake, one pass, wide open three. I don't know if I'm totally right on this, but I was deep in the NBA.com tracking data. And according to their tracking data, one three-point attempt for... uh, for the Hornets was either tight or closely guarded. Everything else was open or wide open, and it felt like that. Like, these were not even contested shots. So, obviously, the Hornets shot a nice percentage. The Hawks, meanwhile, are now down to 26th on defense, and that, to me, is why they haven't been consistent this season. They've had a lot of players coming in and out of the lineup, but they have a lot of depth. They have a lot of guys who played playoff minutes for them last year. Nobody is giving it any sort of effort defensively, though, and that was clear against the Hornets. A depressing sort of loss for Atlanta. Both of them were bad. Like, when your offense dries up in one game and then your defense doesn't show up in the next game, it's like, what are we supposed to be good at here? Yeah. So, bad stuff for the Hawks. Yeah, yeah it could get worse, too. They got a weird schedule because they played here in Atlanta, and that was like a 6 o'clock start, if I, if I remember correctly, mm-hmm. on yesterday, on Sunday. And they played tonight in Minnesota. 
Um, so, you know, a bit of obviously a flight there uh, in a back-to-back situation against a, uh, a team in the Wolves that is, is playing with some energy, uh, even in some of their defeats. So we'll see if the Hawks can bounce back tonight lately. But yeah, this is like the Knicks. I mean, expectations were high with these two teams. Yeah. And, you know, they, they, they win a playoff series. They win a couple playoff series in the Hawks case. And uh, um, here they are, you know, 500 or under. That's, yeah. it's not, you know, the expectations are like, you got to be better than that. And you look at the box score from yesterday. John Collins, 31 and 12. Capella, 8 and 14. Kevin Huerta with 28.7 threes. And then Trey Young had 25 and 15. And Gallinari had 17 off the bench. You think, oh, the Hawks must have won that game comfortably. And they lose to a team missing its best player and one of its impact scorers there in uh, Terry Rozier. But yeah, uh, Miles Bridges yesterday had no trouble scoring, getting his shots off. And this was a bad, bad loss here for the Hawks because they needed to get this. Okay, Friday night, you know, they lose Joel Embiid. You can you can deal with that one, but you have to take advantage of teams like the Hornets, and the Hawks could not do that last night. And uh, this is one that, yeah, Nate McMillan's going to have to look at and think, offensively, we've got plenty of guys who can get it done, but it means nothing if at the other end, the other team is is also just scoring easily. Yeah, it's really weird to look at the Eastern Conference standings right now once you get past, you know, the fourth or fifth seed there because you have the Celtics in the eighth slot tied with the Cavs at 13 and 11. Then the Sixers, who are 12 and 11. Then the Hawks, who are 500. Then the Knicks at the 11th spot right now at 11 and 12. Then the Raptors, who got a couple nice wins over the last couple days. They're sort of back in the mix here. And then the Pacers, who are 9 and 16 and who are uh, also on a lot of people's short list as teams who should be looking to make a move and you know either separate Sabonis and Miles Turner or move off some other guys as well. I'm just hoping we're going to get a lot of activity here. I'm getting my hopes up uh, as we now hit that December 15th date where a bunch of guys can be included in trades and we get closer to the deadlines. Like it feels like there's so many teams that like could be trading you know a, a key player, a, a borderline or if not all star type player, right? But maybe I'm just getting my hopes up. We're just going to be going to be crushed well whatever happens here we need a camera 24 7 on jd for when we hit him with the old emergency podcast oh JD. yeah on the old slack channel <laughs> exactly yeah he's not going to be happy with that oh jd's going to be off a little bit for the uh, holiday season too definitely getting a trade uh over that break sorry jd in advance you're gonna have to take all your equipment home jd sorry mm. it's the rule mm. Mm, we'll see. No? I think uh, I think I'm going to get Schlecht on the case over here. And, uh, ah, yeah. the Schlecht emergency call. <laughs> That's right. All right. Okay. Good. Well, yeah, I- I'm with you, Lily. I think we're going to have an emergency podcast or two. I got one more loser of the weekend. Sorry, Lee. I got to do it to you. Uh, Lee Ellis, loser of the weekend, showing up 40 minutes late to our No Dunks Christmas uh, dinner on Friday night. What gives? 40 minutes. Yeah. And you're the one that lives the closest to the restaurant. Uh, yeah, you know, I think that was karma. I was celebrating when I saw the restaurant. I thought, oh, sweet. That's just up the road from my place. I'll be, yeah. you know, I'll maybe be first one Would there. Would you do but, uh, uh, Yeah, look, a little combination of uh, events happened. Uh, you know, babysitter was there. We were ready to go. Mm-hmm. Then my youngest gets a little bit of separation anxiety. Uh, so I had to give him an extra couple of minutes of snuggles and cuddles. And just as we sort of got past the, the, the point where he was too emotional, he came with a big hug, had the big cheesy, greasy pizza hand and slapped it on my shoulder there. Oh, and your nice dress shirt you had on? Yeah, I reacted in a way that I didn't uh, enjoy. I was just, you know. 
Well, I was just, I got, I was just like Oscar, and then he got upset again, and I felt like an asshole. And I'm like, it's not. I know it's not that big a deal. I went inside. I'm like, I'm gonna have to get a new shirt. Then I'm like, what the hell? It's a little bit of pizza. Everyone, everyone knows what it's like sometimes. This is not like Italian. This is not the NBA on TNT awards. And uh, anyway, so then I drove up. I knew the restaurant. I know where it is. And I was like, I actually know a couple of sneaky parking spots around there. So I know the area. I'll be oh fine. God. You get there. Oh, you can't park anywhere. It's like the tow away zones everywhere you go. So I was driving yep. around doing a few loops. Ah, yeah. So by the time I got there, you guys were onto the third course of the meal already. Wow. And I was, uh, yeah. I oh, they had the dishes you know, flying out the kitchen. Yeah, <laughs> that wasn't our doing. We were not saying, like, bring more food quickly because our one friend is uh, yeah. They yeah. were They I, were rushing us, man. Oh, yeah. it was not, it was not but even, even in the car ride, you know, it's not like you can't, you know, you can't just sort of... Um, sever that cord of emotion as well it sort of it takes a little bit of time Ooh. just to sort of like oh yeah okay. you and roxy came in frazzled yeah that <laughs> I've, got to, I've got to put that to the side and then bring in the emo- you know it's great to see everyone again we haven't had a moment like that yeah. and uh, uh at least i think look there was a, there was actually a huge a huge moment happened on that dinner and uh it was kind of like when um you know obi-wan kenobi sort of you know conceded defeat and darth vader chopped his head up. jd let me choose the wine Oh, yes. And it was like, uh, wow, what a moment that was in my life. I was like, <laughs> can I handle this? Can I? Am I ready for this responsibility, on, especially on a night like tonight? But uh, Well, let's ask JD. How did he do? Oh, he did great. He did great. Okay. I, I did have a couple of notes going in, though. <laughs> you know, nothing sweet because he does have a, a tendency to order a Moscato and that kind of thing. Mm, right. Mm. So... Yeah, and uh, no Shiraz. Shiraz is garbage, so mm. that was it, and he killed yeah. it. And luckily, I don't think there was any of that, either of those on the menu anyways. It was all Italian no. wines. And you were like, yeah. I think that's when you sort of realized, yeah, you're way out of your depth because you're like, uh, <laughs> it's all Italian. And I'm like, yeah, that's right. Yeah, but you I killed mean, it, at- Lee. I, lo- I loved yeah. it. Yeah, I thought yeah. it was good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously, uh, you know, an Italian restaurant, you think it's going to feature mostly Italian wines. I, I was surprised I didn't see any, like, you know, nothing. Not a French, not an Argentinian, not a Spanish, nothing. But, um, you know, yeah, it was great. I thought Tass literally said, like, after you had said that, oh, it's all Italian wine. I thought Tass, like, that's a Spanish bottle right there. It, well, I didn't I, see it. There was a lot to choose from, so... Uh, <laughs> But, uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> it was uh yeah. It was a good end to the night anyway. I came home and it was it was fine, but good. Yeah, just a little bit uh you know I'd <laughs> like I say I was celebrating too early. It's like, oh restaurant, fine, we'll be there. I know where to park, don't worry, we'll, we'll get there in no time. <laughs> uh, Write the story uh, while the reservation's in the air, man. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, yeah. Yeah. And uh I mean yeah, it was like bizarro night at that restaurant. Tass was there first. <laughs> we were late for Tass. That was weird. And then Lee, who's usually very prompt, uh, yeah, was coming in, coming in late. Oh, okay. Anyway, a fun time was had by all there on, on Friday night. All right, we got to take one more break. When we come back, we got tweet of the night, which is a great one, and uh, pick them results from Friday night and tonight's picks. Wouldn't you love to travel without the actual, you know, traveling part? For example, I want to go to Lisbon, let's say. I just snap my fingers, I'm there. No driving to the airport, no flight delays, no fools at security who still don't know that, yes, you need to take your laptop out of your bag and place it in the tray. Oh my God, how long have we been doing this? Travel without traveling. I want it both ways. 
but that's not possible. It is with Mack Weldon, though. Guys tend to think looking sharp means starchy Oxfords and stiff chinos rather than effortless comfort. But this is possible to have it both ways. Mack Weldon makes timeless apparel with modern performance fabrics for guys who want to look and feel sharp without sacrificing comfort. From their light-as-air underwear to innovative anti-odor tees and versatile yet comfortable pants, Mack Weldon has a full range of clothes that never go out of style. I've got it all. I got the air knit underwear. I got the Ace Collection sweatpants. I've got the Silver Peak Polo. Everything fits perfectly. All I get is compliments. Mack Weldon has figured this stuff out. Because performance fabric usually means clothes that look or feel sort of techy or shiny. Mack Weldon clothes are designed to fit your style and the demands of a busy life. They look like regular clothes, which is good. I want regular clothes, but feel like the latest in modern comfort. They're the go-to choice for guys who want to look great without even trying. Get timeless looks with modern comfort from Mack Weldon. Go to MacWeldon.com and get 20% off your first order with the promo code NODUNKS. That's M-A-C-K-W-E-L-D-O-N.com, promo code NODUNKS. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Have you ever had a pizza hand slapped on your American Giant hoodie? Uh, not the American Giant one, but yes, other hoodies for sure. You know, uh, it's 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 just like the moth to the flame. If you were a nice something and you're like, I don't want this to be spoiled, one of your kids is just virtually going to come up and like slap it. Doesn't have to right. be a pizza hand; it's just dirty hand, right, right. rubby hand. It's like, thanks, great. Now I can go out. Um, Brad here in the stream team saying uh, interesting information on how weather works there from Lee. <laughs> Starts out cold, uh, gets warmer, yeah. goes back to cold. Yeah. Hey, yeah. hey, just back with to me uh, watching the cats too. Uh, she had two cats. When I would go in, and I'd go in like once or twice a day, like feed them in the morning and, and sometimes feed them at night. But like, I never saw the other cat. Yeah. <laughs> like at a certain point, like I, I was like. The cat's here, right? <laughs> you got to check like, the litter box, buddy. I'm always seeing the one cat. Okay, there, there's uh, there's Minnie. I see Minnie. Raymond? Nowhere to be found. <laughs> I don't know if Raymond is still here. So, Raymond. I, I, I texted her. I was like, I assume the cat's still here. But it's not, I just wanted to, like, I had to let her know. If, this isn't on me, okay? The mm. cat is like, I'm trying to find the cat. I can't find the cat. But just so you know, <laughs> if you come back and that cat's not there, I warned you. But it was I guess Raymond was there as soon as I came home. Cats mm. are weird though, man. Oh. Cats are weird. The, the weirdest. <laughs> <laughs> I had a cat stop by Freaks. to watch the Formula One race yesterday. I decided, oh, did I decided uh, Laura, today I'm hanging out in the garage all day and watching Formula ah. One. We got a nice neighborhood cat around. Uh, we call it Muffin. Uh, so you know, everybody was inside after we hung up the lights on the house. Muffin stopped on by to see uh, nice. the podium celebrations. 
So, I don't know who this cat belongs to, but I love a neighborhood cat that'll just uh, stop by the paddock, say hello. Do you think that cat was upset you weren't watching the Indy 500 where they drink milk to celebrate? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that cat was probably. Uh, all right, let's get to Tweet of the Night. Mm, tweet of the Night. Wow. Twitter. Oh, I think we got a great tweet of the night here. It comes by way of our good friend at William underscore Lou. He tweeted, Precious Achua discovering bag milk is so funny and then included the clip. So let's have a watch. Yo. This is funny. That's what you... So how do you do it? You drop the bag inside? Oh, snap. It doesn't fully go in? Hold up in here. Really? It's not gonna break? I feel like it's gonna break. How do I open a bag? A scissors or something? So there's in your fridge, there's a milk bag cut. <laughs> nah. That's what I didn't even see that. Who put this here? <laughs> this is like sophisticated cutters, you know? Yo. So what do you do with these ones? You just wrap them back up like bread? There's gotta be some some type of rocket science. Bro. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So there it is. Precious Achua trying to figure out uh, Canadians and their bagged milk and and the process that you have to go through. Got to have the container TK and the the little cutter. You can just use scissors. You don't have to use that little slicer thing. Yeah. Um, And then my favorite part, I think of that whole clip, him going, well, what do I do with these other bags? And it's like bread. I got to wrap them up. Here's a little tip for you, Precious, and anybody that finds their way up into Canada with the bagged milk. Take that bag, spin it. Just spin it like crazy. The extra bag, makes it a you mean? Lot... Yeah, the extra bag. Okay. Yeah, the extra bag. And then spin it, and then it makes it a lot easier to put that dumb little uh, plastic clip on it to, to close it. But, Trey, did you, uh, were you like Precious the first time you made your way up into Toronto, and you were like, what? Bag milk? This is an actual thing? Yeah, I definitely came around to bag milk by the time we left, but the start is very precarious because, as he was saying with that first pour, the way the bag sticks over the top of the container... Yeah. Too floppy, honestly. Like, yeah. why do they make the bags taller than the container? Because once you get once you get past, like, once your milk level is lower than the top of the plastic, easy. You're smooth sailing milk-wise yeah. there. But uh, that first one, you're like, you're thinking you're going to pour it all over the table. Or yeah, whatever. you have to do this, yeah. like, this slick little move, Lee, I remember doing, where, mm. like, you hold the handle and you sort of grab the back of the bag yeah. with your two fingers to sort of, like, so, like, Trey's saying, it doesn't all, like, topple out because yeah. it is a little top-heavy. Um, yeah. Take some practice, though. Oh, yeah, and you spill so much of it at the start while you're figuring it all out. And, and you are like, what the hell? What, the, what do they do this for in Canada? Why, why don't they just do normal milk? But then you do figure it out. You're like, okay, it's fine. But uh, there's a lot of that gross, you know, 
smelly milk spill that you have to clean up at the start that uh, questions whether or not you need to have it that way. But, you know, it, once you get used to it, it's fine. But it, it's also, you know, like saying when he's putting it into the thing, it's like it feels like this is just a little bit too big, the bag, yeah. and this is a little bit too small. Yeah. Like you would think there would maybe have figured something out, but obviously the once you open it and pour some out, then it does slot in there nicely. But uh, Right, right. Yeah. You also let a little air out of the bag, of course, yeah, once you yeah. slice it there. So it goes, yeah. it sucks down better. Uh, JD, are you pumped to go home to Canada here in a couple of weeks to drink some bagged milk? Uh, or do you hate I it? I can't wait. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I love uh, bagged milk because, well, uh, it's cool, for one thing. And uh, it's way better on the environment. Like, way, way better mm. than jugs and cartons. Like, significantly. From, from production to... Uh, transportation to even uh, getting rid of them and recycling them and stuff. So, but only seven percent of uh, Canadians use the bag milk, and I wow. think and I think Precious was, I think he had a legit point. He's like, "What do I do with the rest of this milk?" Like, and I think that's part of the problem, right? Like, it's uh, they only sell it in four liter batches, right? So they they yeah. have to start selling it. Single bags at the grocery store. That's that's my, what I'm advocating, which they do in Europe. Mm, like one okay. liter. Yeah. So is one bag is one liter, right? Yeah, that's and right. You, yeah, you, yeah. They come in four. You get four there, and they they get shipped in crates. If I remember from working in a convenience store, like those mm-hmm. plastic milk crates. Yeah. 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 Uh, people are just showing up to the stream team, wondering what the hell is going on and why are we talking about <laughs> milk for so for so much. Yeah, bag milk. It is a thing in in parts of Canada, like JD said. Yeah, you know, not out west, I don't think. But yeah, uh, so, so cool story, bro. Mm. Very very cool story. Very funny clip there by way of at William Liu, uh, Precious Achua figuring out bagged milk. Great, great stuff. Okay, pick up results from Friday night. Suns-Warriors game. Warriors were favored by six and a half. We talked about it on Friday's show. We're like, wow, that's a pretty big line for uh, the Warriors to be favored by that much at home after losing to the Suns earlier in the week and the Suns on an 18-game win streak. But Vegas knows what they're doing. Oh, my goodness. And so they got the victory. The Warriors did. This, of course, brought to you by BetMGM. So that's a loss. For me, that's a loss for Lee. That's a win for Trey. He's 3-0. Task goes to 2-1. Tonight's game, guys, OKC at Detroit. Oh, yeah. We're talking Thunder Pistons here. This was Tass's doing in picking this game. So let's see who everybody's going with. We got one guy, TK, going with the Thunder, trying to bounce back from that 73-point loss last week. Right? <laughs> they haven't played since then. No, that, yeah. No. They said, uh, we're going to regroup and get back at it Monday. Mm. It's Monday. Let's go Thunder. So there you go. Trey's taking the Thunder to keep it close enough. Everybody else is taking the Pistons to win by five or more points. Good luck. Good luck to you. Email your NBA questions to nodunksattheathletic.com. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, at nodunksinc. Grab yourself an athletic subscription so you can read all these great articles about the Blazers blowing it up from quick and Shams and Sam Amick, theathletic.com slash no dunks for that subscription so they know that we sent you. A new one dropped while we were recording, Skeets. John Hollinger has a Portland Trail Blazers breakdown as well. So, yeah, get your subscriptions up, y'all. All All right. Unless you're a Blazers fan, maybe. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, We're back tomorrow morning. Lots of games on tonight, so we'll be breaking down as many of those as possible live at 10 a.m. Eastern. And then on Tuesday afternoon, 2 p.m. Eastern, here on No Dunks, we got a brand new No Breaks F1 podcast with TK and Graydon. So lots coming at you tomorrow. 
Shout out to the stream team for joining us live here. Shout out to the pod squad for listening later. We love all of y'all. We'll be back tomorrow. Until then, Clipper Bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. And remember, as Ryan says, Skeets is not a cat guy, but everybody loves Raymond. (laughs) Embrace the day, people. You could stay. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic.